helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Everything has consequences. Every decision you make, every path you travel, all come with consequences. Even claiming not to decide is a decision with consequences. Sadly, we do not suffer the consequences of our decisions alone. Millions of Americans walked in and took their experimental shot, and now many of them are paying the price. Californians and others have implemented crazy policies either directly or through their elected representatives and now complain about the costs. We turned our education system into an indoctrination system only to be shocked by the outcome. As the emperor told Luke Skywalker, You have paid the price for your lack of vision. Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution Teach a rising generation to be free. I am glad you could join me today. You know, I, I bring this up all the time. Very often we complain about things. What we're really complaining about are the consequences of our own actions. As if they're not all fart, our fault. As if we had no impact, no say, no involvement in what happened. That's a very childish way of going about doing it, to look at things, to say, it's not my fault, it's not my fault. Um, it's time we grow up and realize, yeah, we had a hand in this. And while that sounds awful, and it's, it, I admit it's not a lot of fun, it is very empowering. Because once we realize that we did have a say, there was something, it, this is the consequence of our decision, well, then that can inform our decisions in the future. For example, I was reading some stuff from a fellow America Out Louder, Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, he's a great uh, uh, doctor. I love listening to him. You can find him again on AmericaOutloud.news. And he brought out some rather interesting statistics recently. He said, uh, uh, with 97% of Americans having actually contracted COVID-19, even though 75% of them were vaccinated, that sure sounds like the vaccine program was a failure. Well, that's assuming that the what was described as a vaccine actually was a vaccine, even though it legally didn't meet the requirements of a vaccine in that not only did it not contain any of the uh, antigen, but it was not designed to prevent the the infection. I know we were all told it would do that. We were told by the news. We were told by the politicians. You get the shot. You won't get COVID. You won't spread COVID. That was quickly shown to be a lie because COVID, the quote-unquote vaccines, like I'm finding out many of our modern vaccines are not actually vaccines because they're not designed to, to keep you from getting the disease. They're designed to minimize the, um, uh, the symptoms. But what's interesting is we still see what, what Dr. McCullough is bringing us. We still see people, we see doctors supporting the COVID-19 shot when it, it, it was, a, to me, an abject failure. Again, even though 75% of the people who got COVID were, vac were quote unquote vaccinated, they still got COVID-19. If you want proof, uh, look at our president, look at our first lady, look at our vice president. 
There are, as he puts it, a plethora of papers in the scientific literature disclosing some of the serious adverse effects of this injection, hospitalization, death. And again, the failure of the product to stop the infection, to stop the transmission, and in many cases to stop serious outcomes like said hospitalization and death. Yet people are still promoting this idea, not only that we should get the jab, but that the vaccine saved millions of lives and that the benefits of the vaccine outweigh the risk. I mean, this has led to the, to the mantra, was it safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. There's just a bit of a problem. You see, the, the, that isn't true. Dr. McCullough met with the, the lead author and epidemiologist of a study um, from, what is it called? It's, it's Cure, the Curious Journal. It's, uh, was it less, uh, COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, lesson learned from the uh, registrational trials and global vaccination campaigns. I know these studies often have these wonderful names. Well, um, one of the things they talk about in this in this paper is the serious harms to people, uh, to quality control issues, to process issues, making you know dealing with impurities or or dealing with the underlying adverse effects of this experiment, this decision people made to blindly follow federal agencies that approved and promoted a product without sufficient uh, testing, without uh, effective testing, all for a disease that had an extremely low death rate. In other words, the disease itself had a, a very low impact on most people's lives. Yeah, you were sick, and you were sick for a while, and, and the effects lasted uh, probably longer than a, than a normal cold, but was it 0.06% of the people who got COVID actually died from COVID? I don't mean died with COVID, I mean actually died from COVID. And I'm wondering how many actually died with COVID. In fact, actually reading from the report, I found uh, thus applying these reasonable conservative assumptions, the estimated harms of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines greatly outweigh the rewards for every life saved there were nearly 14 times more deaths caused by the modified mRNA injections. And they put they give you the details. Now, again, there are consequences for our actions. Uh, you know, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Well, we rushed. We rushed headlong into this idea that um, government bureaucrats are experts, that uh, experts are never wrong. By the way, that's one of the the uh, the four uh, uh, standards we use when when analyzing information here at the Constitution Study, an expert in opinion is only an opinion until there is proof. And um, again, thousands, millions of people will be dealing with the consequences of their lack of vision, of the unwillingness to consider that government actors may be wrong. Government actors are human. Government actors make mistakes, and sometimes. Well, let's just say that government actors have agendas other than those in your best interest. You see, many people say they were forced into taking the injections. Really what they were, were coerced. And I make that distinction for an important reason. You see, no one put a gun to someone's head and said, get the shot. They said, if you don't get the shot, um, you can't go to school, you can't work at your job, 
you can't enter this building. They coerced us into doing that. And people made a decision that said the, uh, the consequences of the shot are less than the consequences of not taking the shot. So I took, they took the shot. Of course, then again, they didn't know the consequences of taking the shot because they were denied the informed consent that is required uh, under uh, medical guidelines under what's known as the Nuremberg Codes. And by the way, is required under federal law for emergency use authorizations. You must be told the likely uh, benefits and consequences of taking an experimental treatment, uh, an EUA uh, authorized treatment, many of whom were, many people were not given that. In fact, uh, I've had people report that the little information insert in the vaccine that's supposed to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly about the vaccine, yeah, it was blank. It was blank because of other consequences of other decisions that we had made through our uh, through our elected representatives to try and shield vaccine manufacturers from the consequences of their bad decisions. And then even illegally, by the way, in violation of the Constitution, but we let it slide and, well, now we're a bit squarely in the backside by it. At least many of us are. I'm not because guess what? I never took the jab. Then again, I also don't know how much shedding I've been exposed to from people who had taken the jab. All right, let's take something that's maybe not, uh, uh, again, we, we made decisions under an emergency that um, maybe coming back to buy this one specifically in California. See, with the new year, many Californians they've been opening their um, their uh, their power bills or electric bills, and if not actually having physical heart attacks, having emotional heart attacks. People are are are, are shocked. Uh, 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 they they they've been blown away by the increase of their utility costs from Pacific Gas and Electric. Now, they announced in November that they were going to be raising bills because they got a rate increase from the California Public Utilities Commission. But wow, some of these were were a lot larger than expected. Now, here's where, let me back up and show you the the consequences here. How many years have we been hearing about um, wildfires in California? And how many of those, I mean, California is known for earthquakes, wildfires, landslides, and really nice weather in many places. But they had several devastating wildfires. Many of them were um, uh, traced back to problems in power lines, the power grid. You know, a, a power line would go down, it would spark, it would start a fire, and it would go out of control. Now, for years, PG&E have known they've had this problem. For years, they asked the uh, uh, regulatory commission for the ability to raise rates so they could have money to update their power lines. And for years, well, the public utility commission said no, because people complained they didn't want their power bills to go up. And now what? See, after those serious uh, uh, wildfires said, we've got to do something. We, we, rather than dealing with it when it was relatively small and could be dealt with with a, a modest increase, now they've got a big increase. Now, PG&E said it would average about $35 per month uh, on their utility bills. Now, granted, that's an extra, what, 400 some odd dollars a year, but 
many of them people are seeing much, much, much larger bills because there's a lot of work to be done because we didn't deal it when it was small. See, small problems become large problems when they are ignored. Now, a spokesperson for PG&E did say that they do have a program, a relief program. Uh, it was a relief for energy assistance through community help or REACH. And uh, they will be helping uh, uh, people with low, I guess, low income. People who are having problems paying their, their bill, which is more money coming out of PG&E, more money that will not be available to fix the problem uh, in the grids and the, and the gas pipelines that have led to some of these devastating wildfires. See, we all want something for nothing. We all want a free lunch. We all want the, 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 the goodies. We don't want the work to make them. And that's human nature. But that's also childish. See, the adult recognizes that there is no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody's paying for something somewhere. And if it's not you, it's somebody else. And we're more than happy to let someone else pay the bill, forgetting that, that's other, that someone else expects you to pay the bill. So now, if you're dealing in California, instead of having a small rate hikes over the last few years that you could have absorbed and adopted, adapted to, that would have allowed them to make these improvements before some of these wildfires, maybe... Some of these wildfires would not have kicked off. We don't know. Um, but rather than dealing with them when they were small, now it's a big problem, which means there's going to be a lot of pain in dealing with it. I do feel for the people in California that are suffering from this, but I also recognize in large part they're there because they and their neighbors wanted cheap power, but didn't want to pay for the infrastructure to maintain the power. And that speaks nothing of the cost of uh, of solar and wind and then the backup generation because when you've got solar and wind you have to have fossil fuel or other sources of power in standby because if the wind stops blowing or the sun stops shining you got to be able to provide the power right all of these are consequences of decisions not necessarily individual decisions but collective decisions which is why i say we don't always suffer the consequences of our decisions alone. Frequently, our decisions have a tremendous impact on our families, on our neighbors, on our state, and on our nation. But as I said, once we realize that we do have an impact, we do have a say, not completely, but at least in our own immediate vicinity, that's actually an empowering understanding. When I realize that you know, again, people tell me all the time, there are things I cannot do. I'm sorry, I disagree. I can do them as long as I'm willing to suffer the consequences, which is why I say we need to build good arguments. We need to build strong arguments. You need to be able to make sure that when you do something, when you stand up, when you say no, if you don't have a really good, solid, strong basis for that argument, you're more likely to get shot down. But the stronger your argument, the firmer the foundation for your position, the more likely it is you'll be able to stand. So, by all means, it's one of the things we do with the Constitution. In fact, go to the Patriots program. It's part of the boot camp. It's the very first part of the boot camp. The boot camp is free. So you can simply go there, check out the Patriots program, click the link, go to the boot camp. It's a one-hour video. And uh, the very first... Uh, 
about 15, 20 minutes, is about these four standards, these four pillars upon which we build our arguments and we rate other, we vet other people's arguments. And it allows us to have that strong situation. I use examples from my own life of when my arguments help me defend my positions against law enforcement, against the FBI, against the U.S. Attorney's Office. So again, go to constitutionstudy.com, check out the Patriots program. I will be doing a Zoom version of the boot camp later this year. So if you're interested, keep your eye out, maybe sign up for a mailing list, and I'll let you know when those come about. You know, earlier I was talking about the, the jab, and people said, the jab will keep you safe. Well, I didn't believe them. I'm glad I didn't. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing things to help keep yourself safe. I mean, you want to have a good immune system. When I travel, that's usually when my immune system is under attack. I'm on the road, I'm meeting lots of people, and I used to come back with, the, I used to call it the crud, right? You come back from some event, and for a few days, you just feel sick. Well, that's what I discovered, Immune Super Boost from Healthy Cell. This product, it's a, it's a, a travel-ready gel pack. It contains over a dozen immune supplements designed to keep your immune system working so that you don't get sick. I throw them in my bag when I leave. I take them at home when I start feeling anything that feels a little off. And they work. And again, it's vitamins. It's not chemicals. Now, you're an America Out Loud listener. That means you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop for details. But please, check out Healthy Cell. Use the code OUTLOUD when you check out. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, they'll give you 25% off your first order. You can get all the details at AmericaOutloud.shop. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study. And today we're talking about paying the prices for our lack of vision. It's all the way back in 1796, during his uh, farewell address, George Washington warned us about the spirit of revenge natural to party dissension. He said it was its own hard enormities. He, he said uh, it was a frightful despotism. He, he warned that it would distract the public councils and enfeeble public administration. He said it would agitate the community with ill-founded jealousies and, and false alarms, kindle the animosity of one party against another. And boy, howdy, has it done that. See, people look and say, oh, America's more polarized than ever. Forgetting that America is made up of people. It is the people that are polarized, not the country. It is the people in government that are polarized, not the country. These, you know, the, the, the country is a, a, a conglomeration, an, an art of, a construct, but it's made up of people. It is people that are making decisions. It is people that are making actions, taking actions, and those actions have consequences. Now, this has been building for decades. This is not, you know, all your fault. It's not even all this generation's fault. It's been going on, like I said, for decades. I can see it at least back to the 1960s. In many ways, I can see it back to the, the end of the 19th century. But let's face it, the American people have turned the choosing of our representatives into a team sport and then so identified with that team as to almost make it a religion. You know, our team must win. Uh, the other team is evil. We don't care what the policies are so much. It's just, you know, you're either a donkey or an elephant. And if you are one, you hate the other with the white hot passion of a thousand sons. Which leads me to my next story. See, after the 2000 election, there was chaos. But you know what? It settled down. You know, okay, yeah, Al Gore still thinks he won the, the 2000 election, even though there's no evidence. There are still people that say the Supreme Court decided the election when the actual facts and data and evidence say no, but we got over it. Then came along the 2016 election, and the kindling was set. There were people so upset that Donald Trump won the election, they went nuts. They, 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 we created another, another term, Trump derangement syndrome. And it was the idea of that anything Trump does is, is evil. And that led in many cases to the disastrous 2020 elections. Disastrous not because of who won, although, yeah, that was kind of a disaster, but disastrous because we saw and have exposed the malfeasance in the election. We, we, there's video of ballot box stuffing. There's video of people counting ballots in secret, hiding behind uh, panels rather than allowing the observers to observe the ballot counting to make sure that it's fair and free. We have reports of people being paid to, uh, to vote. We have, um, uh, we have states that actually uh, violated the Constitution. They changed the manner of, of choosing presidential electors based on the courts or on the Secretary of State, not on the legislature as required. 
we had a group of people very upset about this that demonstrated on January 6th, and a few of them got so angry they actually knocked down bicycle racks to get into the Capitol. That, of course, was used to tar and feather anybody who questioned the validity of any part of the 2020 election as an election denier and uh, an, uh, an insurrectionist. Do you see how that, that animosity, that spirit of revenge has taken hold? And now what do we see? We see, well, of course, you see uh, the, the, the attempts to keep President Ball uh, Trump off the ballot. Don't even give people a chance to vote for him. But you see, that's only the tip of a very, very large iceberg. You see, there are more and more people, more and more attorneys who are being targeted so that uh, many people believe so that they will not be available to help the opponents of the Democrats in election litigation in 2024. Why? Why do you think that uh, the the Democratic operatives have gone uh, gone after not only Donald Trump but his legal team? You you do realize that one of Trump's attorneys was charged with a crime for giving his client legal advice. Now, this idea that the goal of so much of this lawfare is to discourage lawyers from representing Republicans and conservatives, in especially in election cases, is not just mine. It's echoed by attorney Jim Bob Jr. See, he was attacked with an, a, what he believes is a politically motivated ethics complaint after he representative, represented Wisconsin Special Counsel Mike Gableman over his investigation into the 2020 election. By the way, his investigation that unearthed widespread election fraud. So imagine you have a special counsel that's investigating the election. He files a report showing massive election irregularities. It is a 150-page report. Uh, he talked about uh, nursing homes uh, being used to collect uh, uh, ballots that are that are uh, filed illegally, and they go not only. I, I'm assuming they went after Gableman. They went after his attorney. And think about that. Imagine you're in the position of an attorney. You're asked to give advice, but it's a political hotbed topic. They may come after you. They may file an, an ethics complaint against you for actually doing your job and providing legal counsel to uh, 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 to somebody. Somebody who may, by the way, be under indictment uh, for a crime. So according to the, 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 was it Project 65 that filed the complaint, because Mr. Bopp gave uh, legal advice to the, to the uh, Wisconsin Special Counsel, they declared that he was an integral part of a coordinated attempt to abuse the judicial system to promote and amplify bogus, unsupported claims of fraud to discredit an election that Mr. Trump lost. Except for one little thing. The, uh, the Wisconsin, uh, uh, the, the Wisconsin Spe Special Counsel found widespread fraud. Now, I haven't read through his reports. So I don't know how well detailed and all that stuff. But imagine now, you have a right to counsel, but what happens when the counsel is under attack for political reasons? Ladies and gentlemen, this is lawfare. This is using the legal system to attack your enemies. 
how much are how can we be the land of the free if you can be attacked by giving advice to somebody who is a political opponent and then being attacked in the courts? Even worse, either because of the laws or because of people's disposition, these attacks are rarely punished. If you know, if this group, the Southern, the sixty-five project, made claims that you know, because Attorney Bob said there is sufficient evidence to continue this, uh, the investigation, that uh, there was only supposition and therefore there was no evidence, therefore it was fraudulent. What price are they paying for attempting to ruin a man's life? For attempting to unlawfully influence an election? I don't know, but I haven't seen any so far. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened. means I haven't seen it. But this is the consequence of a couple of things. One, of the litigious society we have become, where everything gets solved in the courts, even though the courts have no real power. Read Article 3 of the Constitution. Federal courts have one and only one power, judicial power, which is the ability to decide controversies based on the law. Yet how often do you hear a court opinion referred to as a ruling? There's a consequence to that drumbeat of lie. How often have you heard the opinions of courts referred to as case law? That is a lie. It is not law. Because all legislative, at least the federal level, all legislative power is vested in Congress. All lawmaking power is vested in Congress, not in the courts. All you have is a court decision. Worst of all, constitutional law, where in law school today, judge or attorneys, future attorneys, are not taught the Constitution. They're caught, they're taught the opinion of judges. And they believe that that is the law. In fact, they believe that's the supreme law of the land, but it's not. Go back to Article 6, Clause 2. It says, The Constitution, the laws of the United States made pursuant thereof, and the treaties made of which shall be made under the authority of the United States are the supreme law of the land. Nowhere does it say anything about a court opinion being law, much less supreme law. But you see, by promoting these lies, by not finding out the truth and holding to the truth, we're now in a place where Sure, you can make up an, a, 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 an ethics complaint against somebody because you don't like what they're doing. Not because it's illegal, not because it's unethical, because you do not like the, the outcome that would happen. They're defending the wrong person. See, it's supposed to be, our criminal justice system is supposed to be looking, investigating crimes, looking for the guilty. Today, it's more about prosecuting the, the person and then finding a crime to charge them with. And a great group for doing that is the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now, as I understand the history, the SPLC started as a great idea. It, the idea was you had uh, blacks in the South that were not getting, getting access to the legal system, their rights were being denied, and this group got together to provide them the legal counsel they need to protect their rights. That sounds wonderful. However, the SPLC has now turned into a politically motivated Marxist, uh, uh, I don't know, lobbying group. They have what they call their, their hate group. These are, this is a list of, of groups that they call hateful, which has turned out to mean nothing more than 
they don't like their positions. Uh, for example, uh, a recent uh, immigration reform organization, right? They want the immigration system changed. They got labeled by the SPLC as a hate group. Um, who, who do they hate? Well, apparently, they hate uh, they hate criminals. You see, the the Southern Poverty Law Center during the 2016 elections um, condemned then candidate Donald Trump. They claimed he had far right extremist opinions. All right, they're offering their opinion, so no big deal. However, in 2017, this group filed a report to the IRS claiming that the SPLC had violated its tax exempt status by engaging in political activity against the Trump team. And the SPLC's response seems to be, oh, well, we'll just add you to our hate list, our hate map, our hate group list. See, according to the, the president of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, he believes, it was a, a Dan Stein, that it was, a, it was direct retaliation. What's more, I believe, under federal law, no government entity is allowed to use the SPLC as a source for uh, things like uh, hate crimes and, and, and whatnot. Yet we frequently see them being used by the military and different executive agencies. Now listen, the SPLC is allowed to have whatever position they want. That's their opinion. The point is, under the law, to get the tax-exempt status of a 501c3, they are allowed only minimal political activity. If they violated that, then the complaint that FAIR filed was a FAIR complaint. Uh, by the way, it, 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 Pun included, pun intended. But because they did, the SPLC, did they retaliate? Did they go after, did they list FAIR as a hate group because they hated the fact that the SPLC was allegedly breaking the law? Now, part of this, again, is the consequences of our actions. We, we looked at the, the origins of the SPLC and said they are good. And we never bothered to keep an eye on what they've been doing lately. Or maybe you disagree with them. Hey, if you disagree with us, then you're hateful and therefore should be on a hate map. Again, one of our own decisions. And that decision has consequences. Part of those consequences are you have, you know, you have people who are going to be less likely to file complaints against the SPLC, knowing they're going to be labeled as a hate group. You're going to have fewer people looking into the SPLC. And even the, from the SPLC standpoint, there, hate becomes a meaningless term. See, part of it is we all hate something. I mean, that's just... But this idea of a, a hatred that the public will not stand for, will not tolerate, becomes meaningless when it is used for political advantage rather than being used to actually identify something as a society we've decided is unacceptable anymore. And the consequence of that is that hate comes back. See, we decided back in the 60s, people hated others because of the color of their skin. In the 70s, we had it. In the 80s and 90s, we started seeing it crumble. 
we saw it become less and less acceptable. And in fact, in 2008, we elected a black president. But rather than saying, hey, look at the, how far we've come, everything that everybody who questioned anything that president did was labeled a racist. He was labeled a hater. And now racism is being taught in our schools. It's being used in our military. It's being used in our corporations. We are judging people based on the color of their skin because we failed to deal with the problem when it was small. When we saw racism rearing its ugly head again, we simply buried our head in the sand because we didn't want to be called names. And we forgot what I consider the first rule of the name caller. See, that if all you have is name calling, you don't have an argument. That's why you go. That's why you fall back on calling people names. Listen, I got to take a break. Before I go, though, please head to AmericaOutloud.news. Look for the news and information that's going on. But I want you to do something else. I want you to go there every day, but I want you to take the, the information you find, the stories, the podcasts, the videos, the articles. Find the stuff that interests you and then share it. Share it with friends. Share it with family. Share it on social media. I don't care how big your following is. What most people don't realize, it is the, actually the act of sharing, that the sharing of the information, the turning that knowledge into action that helps secure the blessings of liberty for all of us. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news, a place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash outloud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our Redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, Use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. 
What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. And today we're talking about paying the price for our lack of vision. And as I said at the beginning, it's not just us that pay the price for our decisions. Very often it's others. And when we refuse to learn from our history, from our past, or just plain common sense, often we're not the ones that suffer. For example, there's a... Uh, um, a school in Northern California, Bay Area, California. Um, they, uh, Glassbrook Elementary School in Hayward, they entered a three-year contract with a company, a kid's not, it's called Woke Kindergarten. It's a program designed for what they call abolitionist education. Now, what is this abolitionist education? Well, Woke Kindergarten calls itself a global abolitionist early childhood ecosystem that advocates abolitionist early education and pro-black and queer and trans liberation by training teachers how to use abolitionist educational context, concepts and curricula. Yeah, basically, they're going to teach racism, sexism, and pornography. Now, the whole pro the real reasons they were brought in is they said, listen, um, we're, you know, this this kindergarten, this Glassbrook Elementary School, said, um, you know what? Um, our scores are down. We are a low-performing elementary school. Maybe bringing in woke will make things better. Have you heard the saying, get woke, go broke? So they brought it. They spent $250,000 to bring in this organization founded by someone who declares they are non-binary, which means they're stupid, because there are only two sexes. A non-binary educational person, so how are you going to, somebody who cannot tell he from she, and that's who's going to teach your children. This is going to go great. Well, apparently that was two years ago they started this program. So, of course, now you would expect that uh, the Glassbrook students' test scores would have improved. There'd be some improvement. Uh, not if you're smart. Test scores have gone down. English and math scores fell four percentage points. Uh, less than 4% of students are proficient in math and less than 12% proficient in English. Go figure. Someone who cannot figure out that, the, that they, them pronouns are not singular pronouns in the English language, and now the kids can't, are, are not proficient in English. Now, I want to remind the parents who have students in this elementary school in Haywood, California, that um, the old saying, be kind to your students, they'll pick your nursing home. Remember that when your students uh, can't read, uh, can't do math, and... Uh, are more interested in the color of your skin than in the content of your character. I guess uh, institute uh, stupid programs get stupid students. 
here's another one. Uh, uh, Oregon University has just announced that they will no longer give students failing letter grades. That's right. Apparently, no matter how bad you do in class, you will not get a D, you will not get an F. Why? Well, because in somebody's mind, the, 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 these grades, math students, demonstrated abilities. Really? And I mean, it's one thing to say, maybe the test is inaccurate, right? It's possible that, I mean, I've, I've, been, I've taken plenty of tests. I've actually helped create uh, several tests. And it is possible that a test could not accurately uh, represent the abilities of a student. But you're saying it's the grade that doesn't de show their demonstrated abilities? Actually, the grade shows their demonstrated abilities. It, this is, um, this takes a level, this is a level of stupid. It takes years and years of education to get to, to be that stupid. But here's what's next. So the idea is if you fail, well, you're just not going to get a grade. Well, how does that work? Let me ask you this. You, let's say it's, it's 20 years in the future and you're driving down the road in Oregon and uh, you go by a, uh, you, you come up to a bridge. And that bridge has a big sign on it, designed and engineered by students from Oregon University who did not get a failing grade. How confident are you the bridge is going to stand while you go over? Or you, 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 get, you, you get on an airplane and the pilot comes on. Hello, I'm pilot John Smith. I graduated Oregon University and I did not get one failing grade. So trust me, we're getting to your destination safe and sound. Do you trust him? See, that's because I believe we measure the wrong things in schools. We measure how many students go from one grade to another, not how many actually learn something. They are teaching our children to fail. In, in corporate America, we had this, this saying, you know, people would be promoted to the level of their incompetence. These schools are bringing that level of incompetence down. Now, again, nobody likes to get a failing grade. But the point is, if you do not know the material, you did not pass that course. When I was a kid, I was taught that cheating only hurts you. Because if you don't know the material, you cannot use the material and you fall behind. Right? If you fail when you're in, in elementary school and they take the, the, the math test with addition or subtraction, if you fail that, you're not prepared to do uh, multiplication and division. And if you can't do multiplication, if you fail that, then you can't do algebra or any of those. It's the same thing here. This is how our educational system is dumbing down our students. Partially because we allowed government to take over the education system. We trusted the experts who every time they were found wrong, we still listened to them because they were, they were experts. And now you're going to be going, you know, you're going to be going over uh, a, uh, a bridge or, or maybe, maybe you're going to be in the hospital. And the nurse that's giving you your medication, they don't do math so good because they failed in Oregon University but we're not giving a failing grade. This, ladies and gentlemen, leads to some really stupid stuff. You know, like uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. 
Maybe she, I don't know, did she go to Oregon University? She said that a balanced budget is not necessary to create fiscal sustainability. Uh, she was doing an ex she was in an exchange with the representative uh, Pete Sessions. She says, I don't think the budget needs to be balanced. The U.S. budget does not need to be balanced to be on a fiscally sustainable path, which explains a $34 trillion deficit because she has been educated into such imbecility that she thinks magically you can spend more money than you make and you can do it over and over and over and somehow the tooth fairy is going to show up and put a few trillion dollars in your bank account to cover that. Ignores the cost of the interest, ignores the impact on the, on the society, but you see, she's been educated into such imbecility that either she is believes this nonsense or is just willing to lie through her teeth in order to keep her job. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what happens when we allow the when we allow the education system to turn our our children into blithering idiots we end up with people in positions like the secretary of the treasury who doesn't realize that ongoing deficits are bad that you can only borrow money so long before the cost of borrowing money becomes more expensive than the money you actually take in this is a level of idiocy. And I'm sorry, I don't like calling people names. It's her saying, her saying is idiot. It, is, 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 it makes no sense. It's idiotic. It's imbecilic. And yet she's the person signing the checks that are paying the bills for the federal government. And you wonder why we can't balance the budget? Not because Jan Janet Yellen is, doesn't understand basic economics but because the people we hire, the people that actually uh, appropriate the money, you remember, Treasury can't spend a dime unless Congress appropriates it. And the people who are appropriating the money, they're just as idiotic as Ms. Yellen. They think we can borrow money forever. There will never be a problem with this. Meanwhile, the interest on the debt is almost as large as what the United States spends for our national defense. Think about that for just a second. If there are two brain cells in your head, you look at that and say, we're in trouble. Financially, fiscally, rationally, we are in trouble. But you see, these are the consequences for decades of deficit spending, of decades of believing the idiots when they said, hey, deficits don't matter. Try telling that to your bank or your credit card company. Try telling that to uh, uh, the, the company that holds a mortgage on your home. Because the only difference between that and the United States government is the number of zeros on that document that says how much money you owe. That's the only difference. It's not, it's not in type. It's not in kind. It's in size. Now, guess what? Just as there can be bad consequences for our decisions, there can be good consequences for our decisions. Take, for example, Iowa House Bill, uh, uh, I'm sorry, House File 2139. This is legislation, if passed, would prohibit school personnel from being punished for not using the so-called preferred pronouns. Right? Billy comes in, 
Billy is 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 obviously a boy. Uh, he's wearing boys' clothes, uh, uh, you know, and he says, "No, I want to be called Jane today. I want to be called no, not Jane. I want to be called she. I'm a boy. Call me she." Teacher says, "No, you're a boy. I'll call you he. I'll call you by your name. I will not call you she." Call me they, them. No, that is improper grammar. I will not do it. There are teachers who have been punished for this. Now, this Iowa bill, hopefully, would prevent it. Apparently, it's still in committee, which means you have an opportunity. Here's your chance to make a difference, to have some vision, to make a decision that will have a positive consequence. If you live in Iowa, contact your legislature. Say, yes, I want House File 2139. This is important protections of free speech, of sanity, of rationality, of science, of the belief that there is a truth and a falsehood. Support it, and I'm going to judge you on it come Election Day. Now, you can make a decision to contact them and say, yes, I want you to support 2139. You can even make a decision about how you contact them. Do you send them, do you fill out a form and have like a, a, a boilerplate email sent? Do you send them a letter? Do you give their office a phone call? Do you show up either at their the capital office or at their, their district office and say, I support this for this reason? Those have different impacts. You can show up and say, no, this is discriminatory, and I hate House File 2139. Or you can sit back and do absolutely nothing. That's your choice. You, you can't decide not to decide. You're going to do one of those three things. You're either going to support it, you're going to be against it, or you're going to do nothing, which effectively means someone else gets to decide for you. What are you going to do? Now, if you don't live in Iowa, you still have a choice. You can contact your state legislators and say, hey, you see this House File 2139 from Iowa? I like this. We should have something like this. You start working on it. I'm going to judge you on it come November, so keep that in mind. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to be silent about it. Which means if you support it, I'm going to be voiced. I'm going to be very vocal about it. If you don't support it, I'm going to be very vocal about that as well. This is a good idea. Let's follow it. Don't be like the school in California that hired the, the, the woke kindergarten. Make a rational decision. And then we'll live with the consequences. That doesn't mean that House File 2139 will pass, but it'll make it more likely. And of course, if it doesn't pass, well, now you can decide, okay, am I going to hold my elected representative responsible? Did they support it or not? If they supported it, great. If they were opposed to it, well, bad. If they said nothing, you might as well have done. If they said nothing, they did nothing. That means they, were, they might as well have opposed it. Let's stop with playing foolish games and winning super prizes. Let's stop walking around our world with blinders on. Let us see a little bit of vision. It doesn't take a lot. Some of these things are so blatantly obvious, you have to walk around blind to not see it. But let's do something. See, the problem, I believe, is a lot of us is apathy. We want someone else to do it. Well, it's time to get off this chair, kick ourselves in the backside, 
and do something. We are paying the price for the lack of vision from ourselves, from our parents, from our grandparents, from all of our predecessors. The time to stop is now. And that means we stop simply walking around expecting someone to do something while nobody does anything. And the consequence for a lack of vision is not the blue lightning bolts from the Star Wars series. No. It literally is the future of the country. It literally is the future you're going to live in and the future that you are leaving to your next generation. Now, another decision you can make is decide to come back and join us here for the Constitution Study every week at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. Or maybe join us by a, by a podcast. The episodes come on podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. You can listen with your favorite podcast app. But another decision, will you subscribe? Will you rate the shows and episodes, especially on Apple? See, that helps other people find us as well. That's a consequence of your decision. All the links are available at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. And you have another decision to make. What are you going to do with them? You're going to check it out. You're going to maybe listen to the podcast or find the, 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 the website. Or are you going to share them? Take the action of sharing. And you're sharing more than just the news. You're sharing the blessings of liberty.